This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to the latest offering for members of our Blood Red Club. This week we're going to take a look at a player who's interesting plenty of teams around Europe, including Liverpool, in Karim Adeyemi. Adeyemi made his senior debut for Germany in the last international break and is being linked now with a €30 million Euros transfer move to Anfield as early as January. I'm joined first by freelance sports writer Ben Botchak to speak about Adeyemi. Ben, thanks very much for joining me. How highly rated do you think Adeyemi is and why is it do you think that Liverpool are so keen on him, supposedly, as you know, as, as these reports are seemingly suggesting? Yeah, nice to be on. Um, he's, he's very highly rated. I think uh, he's probably the best forward that has come out of the Salzburg setup since Haaland. Uh, I'd put him above uh, Pat Sendaka. I mean, as you said, he scored on his international debut for Germany. I mean... That's that's pretty good for a 19-year-old. And uh, Liverpool have been tracking him since he was 16 years old. Before he moved to Salzburg, um, he's wanted by Bayern and Barcelona as well. So that, that gives you an indication of just how highly rated he is. Yeah, Liverpool have, have long sort of looked at, at Red Bull products. We know the, the long list of, of names associated with them and... That's obviously because of, of the way they play. Do you think Adeyemi then is sort of the ideal fit for, for what Jurgen Klopp's looking for in terms of a forward player? Absolutely. I mean, when you look at his stats uh, from this season, I kind of uh, uh, his defensive output is, is something that's really impressive for me. Um, so these are Y Scout data, but he's making 2.6 recoveries uh, per 90. Which, if you compare it to probably the Liverpool forward who makes the most defensive contributions, Firmino, Firmino made 2.68 recoveries per 90 last season. And uh, it's a high percentage of them are coming in the opposition's half with 74% uh, from Adeyemi coming in the opposition's half. And Firmino makes 71% recoveries in the, 71% recoveries in the opposition half. And on top of that, they're kind of averaging the same sort of interceptions for 90 and uh, have uh, identical defensive dual rates as well, which is pretty impressive for a young forward. So, so in terms of defensive contribution, definitely the type of person who would suit Liverpool. But attackingly, I think what's exciting about him is what, he, what Firmino might not have is the pace and Adeyemi also has the pace, which obviously fits astutely into Liverpool's style of play. Yeah, absolutely. I think the, the other big thing with him as well is that he can play in all three of those front positions. He can play left, right, through the middle. That's obviously something we've seen with, say, Sadio Mane or, or Diogo Jota at Liverpool. That's obviously a big sort of tick box for them to, to hit as well with a player. Absolutely. I think he's very versatile. And it's it, it, when, like... A couple of times when, for example, someone like Patson Dacca went on the wing for Salzburg, like you could tell he was a striker playing on the wing. But with Adeyemi, he's just comfortable playing on the wing. It's not a striker playing on the wing. It's a winger. And when he's playing as a number nine, it's still a striker playing as a number nine. So he doesn't look uncomfortable in either position. I think it's impressive as well that he's, he's done it in Europe. I think that was a big thing for Pats and Dakar that he did it domestically, but not maybe in Europe. Obviously, Salzburg have, have been in the Europa League. He's played in that. 
They've now played in the Champions League and he, he was very impressive in that this time last week. So it's early days for him, but I think that's a big step forward for him as well, probably. Yeah, I mean, he was, uh, if anyone watched that Sevilla Salzburg game, he was extremely impressive. And I think uh, what was impressed me is he uh, was kind of just latching onto loose balls to win those penalties. He won three penalties and, and they were all just, a lot of them were just kind of just him using his pace to absolutely destroying a, a severe defence who are very good in Europe. Like they have Jules Kunde, who's wanted by half of Europe's elite clubs, Diego Carlos as well, who was linked with Liverpool in the past, and Jesus Navas as well, who is an experienced defender, an experienced player. And he, he made them look like mugs at times. Yeah, he, he was really impressive, wasn't he? I think that was... It, it did sort of remind me a little bit of a, a Liverpool player, very high intensity, high pressing, forcing those mistakes high up the pitch. And, and that was was really good to see. I mean, I think the other thing we should mention as well is that he was at Bayern Munich as a youngster. I know you've sort of spoken to some of his, his youth coaches and, and things like that. Can, can you tell us a little bit about why he was let go by Bayern and, and maybe why he's not quite the, the same player now and the same person now as, as maybe what he was back then? I mean, he was just 11 years old when he was let go. So it was a long time ago, even for him. He's 19 now. Uh, but it was mainly just because he was missing training sessions and they didn't think he was very serious at the time. But um, he ended up being picked up by Interhatching, which is uh, another uh, club based in Munich. I think they play in the third, sort of third division, so they, they're still professional. And um, he was picked up by them and uh, they really kind of took him under their wing and just made him feel special and, and focused on not just his football qualities, which were clear, but also kind of helping him mature and grow as a player. So uh, one of the things they did is uh, he missed a lot of homework as a kid and they kind of bribed him into like, you got to do your homework unless because if you don't you can't come to training and there was a lot of times when he was a teenager he'd cycle to training and they'd turn him back because he hadn't done his homework so um i think also it was for the better that he left bayern and went to a club where he was kind of the main focus and and that helped him grow and mature as a player and as a person yeah, I mean, he's since spoken about that as well. I mean, it sounds like he's maybe thinks he's got unfinished business at Bayern. He might go back there at some point. I know you wrote a, a piece for Liverpool.com last week sort of touching on that. And I think that might be the biggest thing. If Bayern are interested, he, he might be interested in them as well and, and possibly going back there at some point. Yeah, I mean, um, obviously when he was at Untaching, uh Liverpool were interested but he chose chose Salzburg, his, his academy coach told me, because of the proximity to Munich. He obviously grew up in Munich, uh, that's his home, Bavaria is his home, and uh, he chose Salzburg for that reason. I mean, obviously, it's a different when you're 16, now he's 19, so, so you know, there is hope there for Liverpool that he might have a different mindset, a different attitude. I mean, in Germany, Klopp is, is respected and he is regarded as one of the best coaches in the world, so that's a big alert for him as well to come to Liverpool. But at the same time, you know, he, he, he it does feel like he has unfinished business with Bayern. And I, I think if Bayern were very serious about him, it would be difficult for him to turn, turn that move down.
Yeah, Bayern certainly have had plenty of exciting wingers over the years. I mean, I know he's himself was a big fan of, of Iron Robin at, at one stage in the past. But is there a player, do you think, that he's similar to in terms of his style and, and the way that he plays? So maybe if, if our listeners and, and viewers haven't seen him play before, is, is there somebody that you can compare him to, do you think, just in, in terms of the way that he plays? I think in some ways, the, the way he his pace and the way he kind of likes to run in behind defenders just reminds me of Timo Werner. <clears throat> but um, if in terms of Liverpool players, I think he's a combination of kind of Diego Jota with his pace and his uh, work rate and Firmino because he has the technical quality as well. So he's someone who, who is good in one, one versus one situations. He, he can kind of dribble his way out of tight spaces as well, like Firmino, and, and he's got an excellent first touch as well. Like that, that's, that's really impressive about him. And just to, to finish then, 30 million euros is supposedly the price tag. Is that a fair, fair amount, do you think, for, for somebody of, of that quality? Yeah, I mean, Pat Tendaka is a few years older and he went for around the same time, same amount uh, to Leicester City. And I think Adeyemi probably has a higher ceiling than him too. So I think it's it, it could prove to be a bargain potentially in the future. Yeah, certainly one to watch out for, I think, in the future for Liverpool. Ben, thank you very much for your time. Yeah, pleasure to be on. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. And I'm now joined by Tom Midler from the other Bundesliga podcast. Tom, good to see you again. How big a fan of Karim Adeyemi are you? Yeah, really big fan of Karim Adeyemi. Um, actually, as an Austrian football lover, I, I really wished that he was going to be an Austrian player. But uh, unfortunately for us, he's not. Uh, he represents the German national team. And it's been clear for a little while that he's got a bit of something special about him. And uh, yeah, he's just one of those players. It's a pleasure to have him playing in Austria at the moment. You mentioned there he's a German international. I think he made his, his international debut at senior level in the, the last international break, didn't he? He's Munich-born, obviously, wanted to, to play for, for Germany. How did he get on in that? And, and was it a surprise at all that he made his, his senior debut? Or, or was that something you thought was, was the right time for him? It's something that has been coming, to be fair. It maybe happened a little bit quicker than some people thought that it would. Um, that There was not the highest calibre of opposition up against Germany in this transfer window or in this game in particular. And Adeyemi got his chance, came on and actually yeah, took the chance brilliantly with a, a wonderful goal on his debut. So that's a really nice way to, to mark the occasion. The, the finish at the near post was a nice one, but the, the one-two pass that he set up with a bit of a sort of a, a, a flick and a back heel and a, a spin around in the area beforehand uh, just indicated the kind of confidence that this kid's got. And, uh, you know, he he wanted to set a little sign and say, I'm comfortable at this level and I'm ready to play international football. And when you're playing against, I think Germany won 6-0 in the game in the end. And, you know, when you're playing against a, a lower calibre of opposition, then you've got to do something a bit special to stand out. And, and he managed it. So fair play to him. You mentioned there was obviously excitement in Austria about him. How much excitement do you think there is from a Germany perspective? They've seen him now at senior level. Do you think it's it's similar sort of levels of, of anticipation of, of what he might become at some point? Yeah, I think so, because you have to remember where we are here with Salzburg, especially where he is, is, is really closely linked. Salzburg and Munich are, are less than an hour separated from each other. So it's not like he's under the radar particularly 
at Salzburg, especially now, you know, they're playing in the Champions League. Uh, Salzburg drew uh, Munich recently and and he grew up playing in Germany too. Of course, he played for Unterhaching, played for Bayern. So he might have dropped off the radar a little bit since leaving uh, since leaving Germany in, in those younger days. But now he, he's firmly back on their radar and, and I think they're they're looking at him a lot and thinking, you know, this is this is one of our, our next gen guys. For anyone that's not seen him play, how would you sort of describe what type of, of player he is? He's actually a really good player to watch because he doesn't just have this out and out pace. You know, I think he's got one of the highest pace stats on on FIFA, which obviously always gets people looking in his direction, gets gets a lot of people from around the world excited. Um but not only does he have that, but he he has very, very skillful on the ball. Uh, he's he's really mastered the the step overs, the drop the shoulders. He loves to play football. And you can tell that, you know, they, they said that when he was younger, he, he didn't get on with the sort of the physical side so well or the, or the technical side because he was he was so just so interested in in just sort of messing around with the football. And you can see where that's, you know, I, I'm not sure it's fair to sort of criticize his technical side. It's maybe not exactly what I mean, but, you know, he's he's he started football from a place of just really enjoying kicking a ball around. And you can see it now. He drops the shoulder, he steps over, he beats players one on one all the time. You know, he's, he's really, really capable of doing that on both wings. And that makes him a very versatile and very useful player indeed. What's his sort of position then? You, you mentioned he, he plays wide. Does he play through the middle as well? Is he a player that could play deeper? What's what's his primary role and, and is there any other sort of positions that he can fill as well? Yeah, I guess I would say his primary role is is on one of the two sides. Um, he's got plenty of space to do that at Salzburg. It's great for them that he, they can deploy him left or right. Um, but also down the middle. Yeah, very useful player also down the middle. Um, bursting into the box is is something that he's very capable of doing. And as exciting as he is on the ball, taking on players, I think that makes him just just perfect on the wings. You know, the amount of times that he can get down the get down the line and, and get some balls into the box, that, that's really, really good. But at the same time, he's also really comfortable off the ball, uh, moving into the box, moving into the middle. I'm not sure about him playing so much deeper or, or dropping a bit deeper. Um, he does get involved. He does win the ball back for Salzburg, but sort of everybody has to do that really at Salzburg. That's a big part of the way that they play. But I see his his most yeah I mean left right or center you, you can't can't say fairer than that really for a player in a in a front three system that's uh, really handy indeed for Salzburg. Yeah, certainly something that, that Liverpool would look for as well in a player to have those abilities to to play on on both sides. You mentioned Salzburg's style of play there as well. Is he is he very much a forward that you could rely on to to press and and work really hard to to win the ball back? Because again. That's something that, that Jurgen Klopp would need, would certainly need that box ticking. Yeah, I think there's a nice link up between Salzburg and Liverpool in the sense that anybody who's been schooled in the way that Salzburg play football would naturally, there's going to be a comparison for uh, Klopp's Liverpool side just because, as you say, you know, the boxes that need ticking at Salzburg are pretty much the same boxes that need ticking at Liverpool. And he he certainly does do that. You know, it's been a question. He hasn't had that long to break through at Salzburg, to be fair. We didn't even know at the beginning of this season whether he would really be the player to break through for Salzburg. And he certainly has done that. He's been that player. And he has been good, actually, dropping back, winning the ball. I, I mean, I wouldn't want him to be necessarily... I think he'd be stifled a bit if, if he was forced into that role the whole time. Because naturally, with the turn of pace that he's got, which is electric really so so fast um 
it would be a shame if he was the one always who had to to win the ball back. But watch the way he moves up when he's on the ball and off the ball. Watch the way he moves and, and the pace that he's got. If somebody else, if his teammates are winning the ball for him, then he can be, you know, absolutely at his most dangerous. But if he's winning the ball back as well, he's still really good at that. I would say he could do to provide a few more assists. That's probably something that's a bit missing in his game at the moment. But um, in terms of winning the ball back, pressure and and playing in a, in a Klopp system, I, I think he's certainly got all the attributes for that. And in terms of sort of physically, then he's still very young. He's, he's not the tallest player. I think he's about 1.76 meters tall. Not particularly physically developed yet. Obviously, that could still come over the next couple of seasons. But do you think he's a player that maybe not now necessarily, but at some point in the future would be suited to, to playing in the Premier League? Does he have the sort of capabilities and, and the physicality on that side of it to, to be able to, to do that, do you think? I always find that a quite difficult question to answer, really, whether it comes to, you know, a player and their ability to adapt to, to play in the Premier League, because I'll, I'll always say this, you never really know. You can't tell until it's happened. But I think you have to give somebody like Adiemi a go, because bear in mind, at, at the time of recording this, he's 19 years of age. He's still very, very young. And something which I think is of interest in his career is that he's had difficulties already. It's not just been a smooth path for him. You know, he was... Uh, he he was uh, demanded to leave Bayern Munich when he was a kid. As in, the, the club kicked him out basically when he was younger. Uh, he played at Unterhaching as well for a bit more of his development. And as I mentioned earlier, he didn't really. They say he didn't take to the kind of physical aspects of the game, the work, the, the things that you have to put in. And I guess when I said technically, I, I meant the, the technical things off the off the pitch, the the hard working side of things. He just wanted to go out and enjoy his football. And he's already been through this phase in his career now where he realised that that wasn't enough or his coaches, in credit to, to them, you know, made him and helped him realise that that's not enough. He's got to do the rest of it too. He's got to do his schoolwork. He's got to improve uh, in, in the gym. You know, he's got to improve in, in every aspect. He can't just go out and have fun on a football field and expect to to reach the top level. And he's shown in his in his young career, you know, he's not been around for that long, but he's already shown that he's willing to to sort of change and to go through this development and to to strive for more and it looked like um there's plenty of kids out there who who are not willing to put in that effort or who think you know like oh, i don't need to do what they tell me i don't need to do what the club tell me i'm i've got enough skill i'm going to get through this anyway and a lot of those kids do go on to have have a career but maybe they never quite achieve their full potential and i think somebody like adi yemi that's a really interesting sign for a lot of clubs that he's been marked as this kind of like troubled troubled youngster and really already at the age of 19 seems to have got that out of his system, which is, is quite impressive for him on, on, the, personal, on the personal side and, and suggests a lot about a, a maturing young player. And I think when you look at that track record, you say, why not? You know, if, if he does move to the Premier League, I think there's going to be a lot of things that he has to learn again. But, but he's shown us that he's willing to, to put in that work now and to do that. And he probably has a better understanding than some other players who maybe had a sort of smoother path that, that that's what you need to do. And you need to knuckle down if you're going to reach the level that you want to be at. I know he's spoken in the past about Iron Robin and sort of wanting to, to be a little bit like him. Is, is that a player that you think there's a comparison to or, or is there a better stylistic fit for sort of getting in your head at a kind of what this player is, is like type thing? Uh, it's a good question. I mean, I guess when you're a Bayern youngster growing up and, and wanting to be Iron Robin, that's uh, yeah, that's a, that's a really nice comparison. I think the thing for me that that Karim Adeyemi is doing in Austria at the moment that is that is reminiscent perhaps of Robin is just this this feeling that if you're an Austrian Bundesliga defender, 
sometimes you basically know what Karamadiemi is going to do and you can't stop him from doing it. He's got that that really deft touch. You know, when he's up against a, a line of defenders, he can just say, yeah, I'm just going to knock it around here and then I'll, I'll be there. You know, I'm going to, I'm just going to wrong foot you. You're just going to, yeah, you, you're not going to be able to defend it even if you know where I'm going, basically, which is yeah, probably pretty frustrating for the defenders in Austria. But what I really like about Karamadiemi is that He's, uh, you know, we talked about him playing for Germany and, and getting the job done at international level. He's also been doing this in the Champions League too. We saw just the other day, he won three penalties. You know, he gets in behind, he gets between the lines of defenders just in- incredibly well. And even again at the weekend, um, Salzburg were embroiled in a, in a tough game in the Bundesliga, couldn't find a breakthrough against Rapid. And then all it took was was just a split second loss of concentration in the defence. Suddenly, Adeyemi popped up in front of the defender out of nowhere and Salzburg won a very cheap penalty because he just gets around in the box. He pops up everywhere. He's, he's so hungry to get on the ball. He's so hungry to, to, to chase everything up front. And he's, you know, he's, he's got the, the youth and the energy to do that at, at high pace as well. So um, different from Robin in that sense in... in you know, that we remember Robin's later career a bit more. But yeah, I think the, the Robin comparison is a good one. Although he doesn't score that that classic iron Robin goal of, of just cutting inside and shooting all the time. He tends to take it past defenders first. And then, uh, then you know, he's got to beat the goalkeeper, which he's proven that he's very capable of doing already this season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's there's been a few top players that have come through at, at Salzburg. Sadio Mane is, is one of them, plenty of, of others as well. I mean, is Adeyemi at this stage up there with the, the best of those, do you think? I think he's got the potential to be up there with the best of those. I don't think he's quite there yet. If we did talk about Adeyemi going um, in this season, it would be slightly earlier than a lot of players have gone from Salzburg. Yeah, some of them didn't hang on too long. You know, the the Erling Haaland and stuff. Erling Haaland didn't stay on that long, but it tends to be with Salzburg that they'll keep a player like Adeyemi for for maybe one more season. But somehow that the the mindset there has has shifted a little bit in recent seasons with the the way the transfer market is working. So I can see I can see him leaving uh, soonish, basically. But this is still his. We're right at the start now of what is his almost his proper breakthrough season or, or looking like it's going to be his proper breakthrough season at Salzburg. Um, the last few seasons, he's played a very much bit part role. He's been a very exciting outsider. He's done well. Um, he got a bit more. He's got a few more minutes, a bit more game time in the Champions League last season than we thought he would, uh, given injuries elsewhere and just sort of chances that opened up for him. But it's only now this season, really, where he he's established himself as the main danger man. He's been the guy actually winning games, you know, doing doing it himself before. Maybe he was the player who came on and added the fourth in a 4-1 win. Now he's actually getting the games won himself. So it's a, a really big moment in his development. It's a big uh, opportunity for him to to showcase a bit more different aspects of his game. Salzburg have this, this brilliant ability with, with pacey strikers to be in sort of close games or in tough games. And then after 75 minutes, you bring on some really pacey forwards and the other teams just can't handle it but it's different when you're when you're in there you know for the first hour and you've got to sort of do the tactical battle as well and be part of that aspect of the game and already this season I think he's got six goals and an assist he's the top uh, top player in terms of scorer points which are a big thing over here um you know uh, combined goals and assists and I think last season he only got seven goals 
in the whole season. Now he's now he's on six after just a handful of games, and I think he's got a goal every eighty-three minutes. So his his productivity has has shot up massively, and he's been the first player to really seize this chance and say, "Yeah, look, you know, big players have gone. Dak has left. It, it is me who's going to be the one who's filling the void." Yeah, certainly plenty to be excited about, I think, about Karim Adeyemi over the next few months. Thanks to you at home for watching and listening and for signing up to our Blood Red Club too. Until next week, though, goodbye. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.